0: Welcome back to the 126 Podcast. This is episode 15, our final episode, full episode, before the winter break. And we have a very special guest calling us in all the way from Illinois. So let's get to it. Welcome, welcome. How are y'all?
1: Doing We're, good.
2: Yeah, doing well. Uh, good morning, Addison. It's almost winter break, you're right. It's a it good is. time of year.
0: Fantastic time of year.
2: Yes, sir. One, uh, This is the final week prior to Christmas break, and there's a lot of really good basketball going on in Forney ISD gymnasiums these mm-hmm. days. Hope our audience will go check out some of that.
0: Yeah, when it starts getting cold, you got to get in a basketball gym and mm-hmm. check out some basketball. All right. Well, I know that we're excited to get to our special guest call-in interview today. For but sure. first, let's jump over to Coach Weaver.
2: Well, this has come up in, I guess, the context of common conversation here on the podcast before. But I want to reemphasize it in the weave this morning. I think it's relevant to our discussion today. Uh, there's an old maxim that it takes a village... To raise a child. We've we've talked about that a little bit before. And I do believe that there are best practices for raising kids, bringing up kids, developing kids. What we're trying to do here, uh, to partner with parents to do in Forney ISD athletics. There are plenty of ways to do it. But there are some pathways uh, that are really good for them developmentally. We know that there are some ways to get them there that just work. Um, Addison, you and I have talked about um, the concept of Rites of passage before, Mm -hmm. right? Kids hitting milestones as they um, develop into maturity. And milestones, even when the time they're they're really small, when they're going to the pediatrician, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for them to hit developmental milestones. So anyway, taking a village to raise a kid, in my view, doesn't really mean a large number of people necessarily. Although, you know, there can be strength in numbers sometimes, but um, it really means a variety and a diversity of people that influence the kid and and can instruct the kid. Um, I know, you know, I had a lot of different teachers and coaches that influenced me. You did for sure. Coach O did. Uh, We hear our coaches talk about that a lot. You you know, I had the teacher that was um, the old battle ax. You know, I didn't, I didn't uh, appreciate her very much (laughs) as a seventh grader, uh, but I definitely do now. I had, you know, the, the history guy with the tweed jacket and the and the bespectacled, very quiet, reserved mathematics instructor and uh, those are stereotypes. There are lots of other kinds of uh, instructors that I had. I had the co- you know I had the coach that was a disciplinarian mm-hmm. was good to, that we, you were kind of scared of, you know then you had the coach that was the the kid magnet you know that with that personality that just made you want to be around him. All of those people are beneficial to a kid. And uh, I think that's one of the strengths of the public school setting. Um, You have custodians, you've got lunch ladies, you've got SROs. We're going to have a point one two six a little bit later today that I hope people will check out. It's going to be a cool episode, but et cetera, et cetera. Point is, um, that is a similar dynamic to what we try to set up in Forney ISD Athletics. Now, we've got coaches that all have their own little cultures, each coach has their own strengths. He or she may do this, this better than someone else. Someone else may do that better. <clears throat> Each program is sort of its own little culture. What we're trying to do is develop a support structure for those cultures, universally uh, applied to any of them that, that can help make them better, that can help make our whole department better. And – You know, we're trying to press out diamonds when they get to the end of this process. That takes some pressure. That's part of the you know the part of the pressure of of competitive sports. Uh, We've all felt that being in the big game, being in the moment, being in a tough practice, and having to push through it. Well, but a diamond without facets is really just looks like a piece of glass. So we want to add all those facets to what we're doing from an instructional standpoint and the positive coaching alliance has been a very important facet of our uh, partner uh in developing student athletes for over a decade now in forney isd. Um, they we you know address the concept of strong coaching, positive coaching, but it also addresses uh best practices with the student athlete as well as from the perspective of a parent. You know, there are best Uh, parenting practices when it comes to the athletic endeavor that we try to communicate to. So we're building structures around our kids, around the programs they're in, around the culture within that coach's organization to help them uh, succeed. And this is going to be a good episode because we're going to dig into the Positive Coaching Alliance just a little bit with, with an expert. Um,
0: well, why don't you go ahead? I'm not going to skip you coach, o, but go ahead and, and I know you're excited about this interview. You yeah, have somebody from, from we do. PCA. So go ahead and, and introduce our guest, and we'll jump into the ozone.
2: So Keenan Big is with us today and he's from, he's uh, in Aurora, Illinois, I believe currently. Uh, he's, a, he's a college professor in, up there and he's also, a uh, very important part of the Positive Coaching Alliance and their partnership with Forney ISD. He's a senior program manager with that organization, and um, <clears throat> he works with us to set up workshops for parents and for kids, and uh, positive, positive Coaching Alliance has been a part of LEAD, which you know is a big deal in our department here. We have a Positive Coaching Alliance event this week online for our parents that we're going to talk about with Keenan a little bit. Keenan, are you with us?
3: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, Coach.
2: Yes, sir. Good morning to you. And um, uh, we're excited about the event we've got coming up a little bit later this week. We'll talk to you about that, but I think we've got important business to get to here. We do. Um, I'm I'm being stared at from the other end of the table.
0: Talking about rites of passage. (laughs) Anybody who comes on this show has to do one
2: segment
3: first.
1: (laughs) Well, all right. So, in honor of PCA's double goal coach, mm. we're talking pears. <laughs> Not the fruit, though. <laughs> Name two foods that are better together. Oh,
2: okay. <clears throat> okay. I like your angle this morning, Coach. I too.
0: That's tough. Mm-hmm. So... I'm gonna start with we're gonna we're gonna go up to the northern United States here. We're gonna start with our guest. So, um, two foods that are better together.
3: Uh, whew, okay. Well, I didn't expect to get the hardest hitting question right out of the box here. <laughs> hey, we like to, uh,
2: um, we're, we're pressing <laughs> diamonds here, Keenan. We're gonna put you under pressure.
3: Get that thinking so, cap on. Well, I'll tell you what. I am. I, I'm a big. I like to consider myself a big meat and potatoes guy. And I if I go to a steakhouse or if I'm making one at home, it is not complete to me unless I got a big old bowl of mashed potatoes next to me. So my answer, the two, big, the two, the two foods for me are steak has to be accompanied by potatoes. Otherwise, there's no
2: point in eating steak for me.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Good okay.
2: choice. Uh, that is a good answer. Uh, that's definitely in my top ten. There's a lot of them, Coach O. I mean, start simple. How about salt and pepper? <laughs> well, uh, no, but that's I'll, not your
1: final answer. I here's know, my so.
2: final answer. It's the answer.
1: I know it's going to be. I bet
2: chips and salsa.
0: That's true. They kind of have to be together, don't yeah, they?
2: Yeah. I don't really see many people eating salsa with I had a spoon. A, I had a mountain of them last <laughs> night. It's on my brain. That's
0: good, Coach O.
2: I need as much time as I can get.
1: I'm going to (laughs) say probably peanut butter and jelly. Okay.
2: Well, that's hard to beat too. That is.
0: I'm going to go a different angle. Um, And I don't know if one is considered a food, but recently I've been eating a lot of, uh, I love ice cream. As y'all know, I eat a lot of ice cream, but I've been eating a lot of Coke floats and I don't oh. really drink much soda now other than that. I've, I've actually cut out soda completely, but I said I'm not going to deprive myself of the greatness of a Coke or a root beer float. Yeah. So I said my only exception is that I can have Coke whenever I have a Coke float. So I've been doing that a lot. And I, it's just I, a do like
2: a, I do like a Coke float. Where, where is your particular favorite Coke float?
0: I've just been making them in my house. Oh, you have? Yeah, with Blue Bell ice cream, of course. I, well, I knew I'm you were a, a Blue Bell man. Well, I'm a yeah. Texan, so I have to be.
2: Yeah. Have you been to the plant? No, in but Burnham? I need to go. It's you like sure a do.
0: pilgrimage that I need to take. You probably to get do. This Blue Bell plant.
2: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, Kenan, they have bluebell ice cream up there in Illinois.
3: Unfortunately, they do not. Man. But I have a fr- I have a friend who actually lives down in North North Richland Hills there, and every time I come down to visit him, and it's a, a big point of contention. I make sure we go over to the grocery store and get some though. So I do know about the joys of it. Fortunately,
2: good yeah. for you. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, we're kinda of proud of our Blue Bell and our <laughs> our Whataburger, although they're starting to expand to other areas. We were oh. we had a monopoly you, on that for a while.
3: If we're going down that road, I'm also I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to Torchy's Tacos is also a, a, a favorite of mine when I come visit down there. Okay.
0: So. Uh coming soon to Forney, Texas, by the way. I don't know if y'all have heard this. All uh, right. I yeah, did we're not know. That.
2: Perhaps a future. Now feature. reason to
3: come see you guys specifically. Yeah, for <laughs>
2: yeah. sure. And we can pursue an, uh, a, a sponsor here for the 126. Yeah, Addison will put you on that. Yeah. Keenan Addison is our senior program manager here at mm-hmm. the 126. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Well, good topic, Coach O. Sure. Uh, Forney ISD Athletics and PCA pair together pretty well. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've been uh, working together for a little over a decade uh, in our department and that ranges from parent conference or a parent, uh, workshops. We often have a parent workshop, for example, at the middle school level, when kids start out in our program, all the way through, uh, being a part of lead our, uh, leadership development that, uh, op, whatever, what do you want to call it? A, uh, <laughs> summit I think yeah. it's a summit. Yeah, it is is the official terminology for it, where we bring speakers together to help help us prepare our juniors for their senior year, and uh, but there are lots of little pieces in between. We're going to have one of those this week, and I I just like to ask Keenan in his to use his PCA terminology to do two things, if you would, Keenan. kind of give us give our audience uh, a snapshot of what PCA is because we know it's nationwide. It's not just a forny thing. And and then what uh, will that event that we're going to have this week look like?
3: You got it. Yeah, and uh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I um, I'm very fortunate to have been working at Positive Coaching Alliance for ten years now. Actually, here this month, um, PCA was founded in 1998 out of a small university in Palo Alto, called California, called Stanford, um, and. Uh, we were founded by a gentleman named Jim Thompson. Uh, and Jim, um, was really just a, uh, he was a Stanford Business School professor. Um, but he was also a, a youth sports coach. And, um, you know, to, uh, I won't go down the full, the full, uh, origin story, but, um, suffice to say, Jim didn't particularly like the way that his children were being coached in youth sports. And he set out to do something about it utilizing the resources of Stanford University. Um, Fast forward to today, uh, like you mentioned, Coach, we're, nas- uh, we're a national nonprofit now. We have partner organizations and school districts in all 50 states, Canada and internationally as well. And we're really centered around the idea of building better athletes and better people, um, but now even more over, providing um, youth sports opportunities to every kid in the United States. Um, so we really have, have two missions now, essentially and the, the the crux of our work like you've experienced over the last decade in Corny is that we will partner with uh, a local school district in an effort to provide professional development opportunities for coaches um like you said we're trying to provide education for parents um not necessarily about their behavior or the way um that they comport themselves but rather how can we inha- how can we use the high school sports experience enhance their relationship with their child, and then also use that experience um, so that we're leveraging all the other important things in life, uh, like getting a job and getting into college um, and being a good brother or sister and being able to contribute to society through all the life lessons that we derive through sports. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the student athletes themselves there, we're really just looking to provide some leadership training, again, and getting them set up for that next that next step in their lives, whether that's athletically, academically, or professionally. Um, and then our, uh, our, our event that we have coming up this Thursday, I'm really excited about it. I wish I could take credit for it, but I really think that this is born out of all of the work that you, Coach Weaver, and you, Coach O, have done throughout the district. And that's that, you know, like I mentioned, PCA is very fortunate to be able to partner with so many school districts throughout the country Um, And I work with all of our partner districts in Texas and here throughout the Midwest as well. And Forney is a special place to me because Forney, you all have really put an emphasis on culture. And I heard you talk a little bit about it in the weave. And really the way that PCA defines culture is the way we do things here. So, you know, we don't want to put a hard definition around it. We want it to reflect Um, the area in which that culture is being established and we want to have a certain level of reverence for who's come before us, but we also look and set the table for the people who are coming after us as well. And, you know, with culture, um, you guys have really emphasized that both through lead and through the intentional development that you provide your coaches. Um, So, you know, with all tying that all together, Thursday's event, we hope to just give parents a little bit of an insight of your process and um, why you are so intentional within your department about culture and the strengths and the advantages that that gives forny athletes in participating in your athletic programs. I know we have coach cook and coach Patton who, like you mentioned, have been able to establish really strong cultures within their own programs, but that also contribute to a larger district-wide culture that you and Coach O establish and maintain through your various programs as well. So we hope on Thursday night, um, you know, through your participation, Coach Pat and Coach Cook, um, to have parents get a little bit more understanding of just how valuable their kids' participation in athletics and Forney is.
2: Yeah, we, we, uh, we do want people to see some of the great things that are going on in our department. We want to give them, you know, because honestly um, – there are so many things that go on in the education of a child uh, within our department that go unseen. And they're going to they're benefit. Our kids are going to benefit from those events and those circumstances and those uh, experiences greatly. <clears throat> but parents may not know. And, and that's okay. Uh, you know, You're going to go to the game on Friday night. You're going to see them perform. Um, you know, you're going to go to the parent meeting probably that the coach has at the beginning of the season. You're going to hear the coach talk about his or her program. Uh, you may go to a banquet or a couple of other events where there are other parents. But seldom do you see the behind the scenes. There are some parents that go to practices and see a little bit of that practice culture. But um, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many more facets to what uh, a kid has an opportunity to experience in Forney ISD athletics in each one of those little cultures. And, yeah, Sandy Cook's, uh, Mark Patton's programs, really good. Two very different perspectives. Sandy has been here, uh, I believe she's got 37 years in, in Forney ISD. So she's kind of seen – the entire development of the district for a long period of time. It's a unique perspective and super valuable one. Her programs are good every year. You know, some years they're going to go to state, some years they're not, but uh, that's just one of those circumstances of, of talent or uh, determination or how fast the kid is. You know I mean? It's a track and cross country program, but every year the kids are being uh, developed and they're maturing and they're gaining things from that program that are, Uh, so valuable. Uh, Same with Coach Patton's, but he's only been here for a year. This is his second year in Forney ISD. He'd been a head coach in a different part of the state for many, many years. Uh, So he's coming into Forney ISD with a a fresher, a different perspective, uh, seeing it in comparison to other places he's been. Um, So it's going to be a unique conversation and and a window into uh, how we do things here.
3: And I I couldn't, I couldn't be more grateful that you're giving parents that opportunity as well, because it's it's very easy for us as parents, and I'm the parent of two small, very small children who uh, unfortunately aren't playing high school athletics yet. But um, you know, over my ten years at PCA, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of athletic leaders across this country, and it's very, very easy and dare I say acceptable as um, you know an athletic director. To almost let culture sort of fall by the wayside, or let it become the responsibility solely of your coaches. Um, you know, as athletic directors, you all, uh, your your successes are very private and shared, and your failures are very public. Um, you know, we str- I know a lot of administrators struggled a lot. You know, when COVID first hit. To try and keep up with the rules and regulations, and and there were a lot of frustrated parents, frustrated athletes, um, but those who had spent so much time on a culture and had buy-in from their parents and from their athletes and from their coaches who knew that their leaders were going to look out for them—that's really what we're. I think that's a really good encapsulation of what culture looks like at the leadership level. Is um, you know somebody who's you know really set their department up to weather any sort of storm. Um, you know, it could have been any sort of thing that, that had set back, whether it's a, a budget cut um, or it's, you know, a change in the, the dynamics of the area in which you your school district exists. Um, whatever the case may be, you know, good leadership and a strong culture will help navigate any sort of issues and that's, again, another reason that we're really proud to work with Forney is because you guys have leadership there that is very intentional about culture and doesn't just think of it as an afterthought.
1: You know, I think, Coach Weaver, he this was already established long before I got here, just that culture that we speak of and, you know, the the trying to bridge the partnerships and even, you know, the PCA, we're talking about, you know, high schools, but, you know, PCA is also in our middle schools, I mean, our parents are introduced to that at at our parent meetings. So you know it 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 even starts at the lower levels, and um, it, I'm very fortunate to be to be a part of this because that it is Coach Weaver is so transparent in just our intentionality of just trying to grow coaches, grow people. But in the end, the goal is just to to, to be the best that we can for kids, and I think that PCA is. Is like that as well. At the end of the day, the focus is on the kids, and everything that is done is in an effort to try to go be better for kids.
2: Yeah, you know, go ahead, Keenan.
3: Well, I was going to say, Coach, that's a great point, and that, you know, doing right by kids, if that's your North Star, you know, if that's your guiding principle for whatever leadership decisions that you make, then you're probably going to be on the right track for. Uh, as long, as long as you keep that as, as sort of your main your main focus
2: sure well we're in Texas and uh, they say if you don't like the weather just wait a minute and that, that's the truth it there's constantly changing uh, circumstances in that regard there are always going to be storms that come along we know that so if if your perspective is hey we're going um, we're going to plan we're going to prepare we're going to have a strong as strong a system as we can set up and support structure Um Then and you mentioned this when when the storms come, you know, when the down seasons, the hills, the hills have valleys beyond them and then the valley has a hill beyond it. So when uh, those difficult, challenging circumstances arise, same thing was with a team developing a team to be able to weather the storm of a playoff season. Right. You're going to have down moments. You're going to have slumps. But if you see the big picture, then you know, as long as you work, you're going to work your way through it. And as long as you have a, a, a plan, a process that you believe are, is based on best practices, uh, and you get everybody rowing in the same direction, then uh, at least as much as possible, they're all, you know, they're all. it is a people business. There are always going to be some exceptions, uh, but we try to pull them in as much as we can. And um, things have a tendency to keep moving forward in a positive direction, and that's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and I, I real quick, y'all are talking a lot about culture and how it's, you know, y'all do set the tone for the culture. I've seen it myself. Like, y'all, y'all put a lot of thought into this and, and work with people like Positive Coaching Alliance to establish those things. Um, there you go. We had an extra call coming in. But, um, but really quickly, I just want to ask y'all, so – Y'all obviously kind of set the tone for the culture, but what percentage of that is is pushed out by the coaches, right? So obviously a huge amount. Um, so really quick, most of our listeners on this are our own coaches. Um, let's – I want to ask our, our guest really quick who goes around and talks to a lot of different coaches. Just give our coaches really quickly – this is a weekly podcast. Um, one thing this week that they can kind of focus on to, to help – to extend or, or continue this culture building thing that we're talking about here. Um, Just because I, myself as a, as a young teacher and coach, I'm always looking for like practical little things or or weekly things that I can be doing because as we talk about these big overarching things, like, yes, I know to focus on the kids and things like that. And all the stuff that we've been talking about is super important, but um, Keenan, do you have something that this week you could encourage our coaches with?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and as a matter of fact, as I'm standing and um, being interviewed in the classroom in which I teach, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about one of the guiding principles that I, you know, I think serves me well in education, as it as it would serve uh, coaches. You know, there's an adage that um, you know, students and athletes don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and I think that's There's nothing that's more important right now that our young people know how much the people who are leading them actually care about their well-being as individuals. Yes, of course, there are athletes and we care how many points they score a game and we care that they're showing up to practice and we care that they're working their tails off to try and get better and to try and make their teammates better. We need to care about them on the most basic and personal levels. Um, young people are very, their, their attention is very um, uh, limited right now, and it's split in a million different ways. We try and, you know, we've got school activities, we've got athletics, we've got family life, we've got academics. Um, and in order to perform our best, we have to know that the people for whom we're performing, you know, care about not just our performance, but our overall body of work and our well-being. So what I would ask your coaches this week is to be intentional about finding out a little bit more about maybe an athlete that they don't know as well as some of the others in their program, or being intentional about getting to know some of the younger athletes in your program, maybe your freshmen or sophomores. it will help you potentially identify future leaders of your program, Um, but it might also that one conversation with a head from a, a varsity head coach down to a, you know, a freshman who might not be ready to play at that level. Just that one conversation can be enough to sort of encourage them and get them to work a little bit harder to get a little bit better, knowing that two, three years down the road, they could be playing directly for that coach and hopefully contributing to that program in a big way. So, um, if you can be intentional this week about, um, not not caring how much you know until they know how much you care.
0: Fantastic word. Thank you. And I know that that's true. I know it's true even from our head coaches to our, our middle school levels because I can remember my brother was playing varsity basketball for Forney for Coach Pope at the time, and he came to a seventh-grade basketball game and came up and talked to me afterwards. And I really appreciated that because it was the varsity head coach coming to talk to a seventh-grade B-team player mm-hmm. and just say, hey, I watched you play a good game, you know, something like that real quick that just – Helped me out a little bit. So, yeah, definitely something to think about for coaches, especially coaches that may not be in season right now, which I know we've been – recently we've been in a time of transition between seasons. So yeah. good. it's a good time for coaches to reach out to maybe some players who they don't, you know, coach directly right now.
2: Look, we're all good at focusing on the big things. We can all see the big things. We, we, Forney High School beat DeSoto in a, in a tournament. DeSoto's <laughs> top 10 in 6A in our state. And uh, that's – it was triple overtime game. I mean, it was just unbelievable – uh, exciting atmosphere in the gym—that's uh, a big thing. That's a big win. But it's very often that the little things like that, like that brief interaction you had, um, carry the most weight. I know it's 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 it almost seems counterintuitive, but but it is the truth. Um, probably something little about that game or the post game or something Coach Holloway did in you know in the locker room that's just said to the kids is what they'll remember. They're going to remember the win, sure, but they're not going to remember who made the shots or who, how many points every, every player had or assists or rebounds. They're going to remember the human interaction. And, uh, you know, when that human interaction is positive and it's developmentally appropriate uh, and it's consistently applied, then we're going to have success in raising them up.
1: You know, and I think of what people also need to recognize is they'll remember the positive and they'll also remember the negative. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to just be deliberate in those moments. What do you want to be remembered by?
3: Well, we're going to we, have... We've a, always... I, I'll, I'll just add one last thing if I can. And that's, sure. just, you know, one thing that we've talked to coaches about is that, you know, and, and some of these, you know, some of these postgame speeches you're talking about, we can probably all remember them from our own playing days, you know, uh, being in an important game and, and being at halftime and having coach in the locker room trying to rouse us up. Well, I don't think any of us will ever remember word for word those speeches. They're, not everybody can be, not every one of them can be a win one for the Gipper speech. Um, but we remember what the emotion was like being in that room. We remember how we felt. And that's what we want coaches and parents too to understand is that you may never specifically remember the exact words that come out of that coach's mouth, but you will remember what it was like. Like you said, Coach O, positive or negative, uh, you will remember how that coach made you feel as a person. And I think that's what we need to remember in our coaching.
2: Well, we're going to try to convey some of that on Thursday. (laughs) Coach O, that's Thursday evening at 7 p.m., is that correct?
1: Yes, and if you check any of our social media, you will find that link on there and just go and register. It's very easy, very user-friendly mm-hmm. uh, to register, and I you know, I have high hopes that we'll have just a record number of partners.
2: Well, this will be a Zoom format, so it's live. People can just uh, – Easy to get to. Yeah, easy to get to, get on there and listen and – Uh, participate in that way. And, uh, I think it'll be a good window into our program and a good opportunity for parents.
0: Yeah. We've talked a lot about coach today. This is going to be mostly for parents, Mm -hmm. obviously this event that's coming up and parents out there. If you're, if you're listening to this, the biggest message we have for you to is get involved. So your kid will stay involved. Um, I think that, you know, myself, I was never the best athlete, but my parents being supportive. And I knew that one of them, if not both of them were going to be at every single game, and that they were going to go to the meetings that they needed to, and they were going to help me keep up with what I needed to. It, it kept me in sports until I graduated, and, and I benefited a lot from it. So no matter where your kid's at, no matter how athletic they are, you're going to want them in sports. It's going to help them out. So parents, definitely take part in this and get another look into the program and, and how 49 SD Athletics operates, and, and so we can help your kids even more.
2: Well said Addison. We can't uh, teach them these awesome life lessons they can get through athletics and through partnerships with groups like the PCA if they're not here right. so uh, we got to keep them loving it and wanting to be a part of it. Uh, we got record participation numbers in Forney ISD, uh, literally over 3,000 kids in grade 7 through 12 participating in athletics. Our numbers continue to go up. we've got more basketball kids than we've ever had. Uh, we're already having big numbers in soccer, and we know our track numbers are about to bl- about to blow up. Uh, this is all a good thing. It means we get to affect more people in a positive way. That's what we like to do. Keenan, I got another question for you before we wrap things up here. Uh, because we talk to our kids sometimes about being um, – you know there even if you're not going to be a division one collegiate athlete or or maybe not even a Division three collegiate athlete uh you're not going to go play sports beyond there are still lots of opportunities in the world of sports uh, i mean addison uh is an advanced audio visual teacher but he's also a soccer coach for us so he, he didn't play professional soccer uh,
0: so close. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we, we, we did interview
2: one of our ex-students that's a professional soccer player last week. Uh, it was not Addison McElvin, But he is using soccer as a, as a pathway, not only for his own career, but to give back here in Forney ISD. But there are lots of opportunities in sports, and I think you're, you're a professor at the collegiate level. Um, first off, what do you teach? What do you instruct? And uh, so, uh, give us a picture of that.
3: Yeah, I teach uh, in a master's of business administration program at Aurora University, uh, where it actually is a division three school. Um, The program or the school offers a program to fifth year students to be able to obtain their master's of business administration in one year. And I'm very fortunate that one of the tracks that they, uh, they teach here is sports business. Um, And a lot of my students are actually athletes here and actually Um, just because of the way eligibility is shaking out right now uh, through some adjustments in the NCAA, many of my students are actually still active athletes uh, here at the university. So um, they're actually seeing the end of their athletic career wind down in a lot of cases while preparing for that next step in their career. And for me, it's a very sort of fun transitional period uh, to be able to help them adjust um, I have been uh, teaching in this program. This is my second year teaching in this program. Um, we spend, um, in my class, uh, half the semester talking about sports marketing and uh, large-scale corporate partnerships. And we've had some guest speakers come in from Turner Sports um, and from a couple of the local professional teams here around the Chicago area. Um, and then here uh, in the second quarter, I'm fortunate to uh, have a partnership locally with the NBA's Chicago Bulls in which my students are actually able to uh, sell tickets for the Bulls for a couple of uh, games that we have coming down uh, in Chicago here. So they reach out to their network and they use their LinkedIn and their social media to help promote some of the offers that we're able to make. Um, We've been able to sell uh, about 125 to 150 tickets this quarter, which for 13 students uh, is really good. But moreover, they're getting an experience here that um, you know that they're not likely to get anywhere else unless they have an internship with a professional sports franchise. So um, the way I see it is we're giving them a sort of an eight-week head start uh, into their business careers when they, they do wrap up their classes here. I think that's a great point too, coach, about, um, you know, what exists beyond the realm of actually being an athlete. Um, I've spent time in corporate sales and in ticket sales, uh, for a couple of different sports franchises myself. And I think while your ability to play the game may, uh, wane over time, we'll say that idea of culture and camaraderie and wanting to be part of something bigger than yourself that can continue in the sports business world, you know, just because you're not putting the uniform on doesn't mean that you're not contributing to the overall body of work for that team. And so I really try and instill that in, in the students that I'm fortunate enough to be able to teach. here.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's an awesome thing to hear for, especially if any students are listening or people that want to get involved in sports some more. Um, and what, it, I mean, I was just thinking about, You were talking about all the different things up in Chicago. I mean, what an embarrassment of riches we have here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. If you want to go get an an internship with a professional sports organization, um, there's every single kind you could hope for in Dallas. And so many big universities that offer things like this. So, um, yeah, once again, if you want to be involved in sports, uh, you can make it happen around here. So, kids, pay attention to that. Even if you're not the superstar athlete, stay involved, and you you can definitely make a career out of it.
2: Well, we've all had the ki- you know we've all had the kid that uh, might not have made the team, but was the best manager you could ever have asked mm. for. That person's going to be successful in life, right? Because of the lessons through sports, and it's not even on the court or the field. Yeah, uh, there are plenty of examples and layers. And it
0: brings so much value. Never you know, never look down on that. There mm. are. I know that there are managers who who coaches would rather keep than some of their players because those players don't work really hard or they don't you know they're not selfless or they're mm-hmm. getting in trouble and the manager's always there and there are managers that coaches would would you know do anything to keep so um, definitely don't look down on any of those jobs there How are about student, student trainers, trainers? Yeah. yeah there's student well, trainers that our coaches wouldn't go anywhere with our head
2: athletic trainer at North Forney High School was a student trainer at Forney High School I mean, came through as a kid went all the way through the program and goes and gets his master's, works in the professional uh, sports setting for a while, comes back, and he's our head trainer at our our 6A high school. So uh, we could go on and on. There are plenty of examples, but it's just another way a positive experience in sports can lead to positive experiences in life, and, um, you know, it's what we're about. So join us on Thursday evening. Uh, Keenan, thank you. It's been a pleasure today for you to be on the 126 podcast with us and give our uh, listening audience, our parents, our coaches (laughs) – maybe some kids, a little window into not just what we do in Forney ISD Athletics, but why we partner with an organization like the PCA and what it brings to the table for our kids.
3: Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I I know this is your podcast, but I I tell you with the experience of having worked with school districts and athletic directors all over the country, I hope parents and athletes and coaches alike know – you know, just how lucky they are to be able to work uh, with leaders like you and Coach O who are very intentional about culture, who understand the big picture for their athletes and are you know, just trying to make their corner of the world a little bit better for, for the kids that they serve. So I appreciate your partnership as does the entirety of Positive Coaching Alliance.
2: Very good.
0: All right, that is all the time that we have today. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you all subscribe and share out the 126 best you can. Get out support Forney ISD Athletics and do what you can today to help one student um, with that one thing that they need. So just uh, get out there and coaches, parents, um, anybody involved in Forney ISD Athletics, we thank you for your contribution to helping these kids, and uh, we will continue at the 126 to provide things like this to maybe encourage you the best that we can. You all have a great week, and we will talk to you next time.